This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior, prior restraint. restraint. <laughs> and now, Gutterball. Here we are. Here we are. I had to hurry up on my last uh, pint of sour cream to get down here. It's time to record. Did you only uh, buy sour cream during that grocery store journey? Yes. You only bought three pints, three individual pints of sour cream. Yes. Reduced fat. Yes. I want to say breakstones. Yes, breakstone, reduced fat sour cream. Uh, they, they they were good. It was just that kind of night. I mean... 48 ounces worth. 48 ounces. I mean, you know, I kind of punctuate it a little bit with some uh, some deviled eggs. And whiskey. So I had, a, I had a tray of deviled eggs, and I was like, you know, some... some I need, I need a good pint to go with this. Or Nothing like three. the taste sensation when deviled eggs collide with sour cream. Yeah, it was good. Especially three pounds of it. So yeah, so I'm I'm all I'm all full of uh, cream of the sour variety, piss and vinegar. Really, it's kind of the it's kind of the same thing. You've heard of piss and vinegar. Well, this is deviled eggs and sour cream. Very similar tastes. Yep, forty-eight deviled eggs, three pints of sour cream. That's it's, what I call a Brad-style dinner. It's one ounce of sour cream per deviled egg. About, I guess that would be true. Yes. You seem to roll, so to speak, in um, mul- multiples of forty-eight when you roll, like when you roll heavy. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the wings, you know. Yeah, 96 wings. I thought it was 48 wings. Maybe it was 96. I don't know. 96 wings. On the wall. 48 deviled eggs. 48 ounces of sour cream. I just know there was one left and you weren't going to eat it. And I was like, fuck no. You're eating that shit. Yeah. You don't get right to the edge and not step Mm -hmm. over, man. Yesterday I had 144 raisins. So that was pretty good. Yeah, those go down easy, though. True, but they're still a multiple of 48. Gotta be. When you roll, you're rolling 48s. Yep, well, you'll notice I'm not too energetic not right too now. Not too energetic. You well, should have had some sour cream, man. I didn't have time to convert it into piss or vinegar, so... I see. It's just that I'm back from vacation. Right. Yeah. You're you're in the reentry phase still. This has been multiple times now we've been in this phase. Yeah. It uh, happens. Once a year. Once a year for a week, really? That's the big thing. One week. One fifty well, second. One, yeah, one fifty second. <sighs> that's not 
too good. Well, I mean, if you take, if you get, let's say, the week around Christmas, you had that, and you get, that's there's two fiftieths right there, one twenty fifth. Yeah, it's still less than four percent, and yeah. you know, not yes. all of us can live on the top of the ivory tower. And if you, well, if, I'm just trying to figure out a way to get the get you to forty eight weeks, so we can continue the forty eight theme. Good fucking boy, you need a, a month off, preferably a month straight. Yeah. Like uninterrupted month off where you don't do shit. You know, yeah, you those are pretty good. Go to Siberia, coldest place on earth, that town, and just sit there for a month. You can't do anything because there is nothing to do. You can't go outside. So you just sit there. It's pretty good. No cell service. Oh, fuck no. Nope. You're disconnected barely. Disconnected from the group brain. You're disconnected. You're barely subsisting. You're, like, eating your own sled dogs, little by little. I think you have to take a leg at a time, cauterize it. Got to try to keep them alive. You might need to get away in a hurry. With your two-legged dog. Well, three, you don't take two at a time. You got four or six sled dogs. You take, you know, one leg each. One leg each, then you're kind of all right. So that gives you up to, like, six legs. Six legs, then you walk back around. Before you start cutting into your crew. Right. Right, because a two le- a three legged sled dog is still viable, but two legged sled dog they'd have to walk on, on their hind legs all weirdly, and you know I don't like that kind of shit. Right, or I hate you know, that shit. If you were to take the hind legs, and they could even walk balance strangely on their front <laughs> legs, <laughs> kind of like doing a headstand running around. Yeah, yeah, not too cool. Not that- too cool. Might be less upsetting than them, like, anthropomorphized on their hind legs, actually. It's the Uncanny Valley, you know. I think them on their front legs is farther away from that Uncanny Valley. Right, it's just more bizarre than, like, it looks like a dogly human. Yeah, or a humanly dog. So we got a lot to cover to this week, I feel. Fuck. There's a lot that happens in this minute. There is. And we got to do shout outs. There's lots. There's lots going on. Lots going on. Should we just like d- dive into it? Sure. Do you want to? What do we do? You want to do shout outs? Well, we might as well, since that would increase the chance of someone actually uh, hearing their shout outs. Since I think most people probably don't listen past like maybe the seven, eight, eleven minute mark. Why would they? But uh, we're already there, you know, pretty much. I know we have some fans. <laughs> we got to listen couple. all the way. We got and a I couple. I really, really appreciate them. It's amazing. With all my heart, I truly do appreciate you guys. So one, I love it. Longtime listener, one-time guest, Spax. Spax. He and I were uh, communicating earlier. See, so He's so such you a may not stu- know this. <laughs> Spax can also do the mouth horn. I had no what. And us mouth hornists can communicate over very long distances just by our mouth horn. No fucking doubt. You can put out the lonely mouth horn call into the night. Right. You can get a response back from hundreds, maybe even thousands of miles away. It's like that crazy horn from Lord of the Rings. You know, you blow on it. It's like they hear it. Lord of the Rings, the Horn of All the right. Rings. But uh, anyway, so as we were doing the mouth horn night dance together, yeah, 
he did point out a couple things. Okay. The first is... On the whole ears. <laughs> the first is, we talked a lot about the uh, the rumbling thunder sounds okay. in the titular Lebowski's home during the confrontation. Right. This is a previous minute. This is a revisit. A so shout out a, and a revisit. A shout out and a revisit in one. And... You know, Spack's point was, you know, th- those aren't thunder; those are bowling sounds. Well, yeah, that are setting the mood. This cosmic bowling sound. I'm, I don't know if he would say this cosmic bowling sound. That's going to be my interpretation. I mean, we've gone down this road of um, diegetic sounds that are kind of played off as one thing, but in actuality, are bowling sounds. For instance, when Maud comes on her rigging, flying down through the hallway above the dude, painting her strongly vaginal artwork. Right. It is actually the sound of a bowling ball striking the lane and rolling down the, the lane. Like It literally just is that sound. Is it literally that sound? It is literally that sound. Literally that sound. Right. It's not her... It, there's nothing about it that is her flying through the air on that rigging. It is just literally a bowling ball hitting the lane and rolling down. That's just... It's it. But it's one of those tricky things that sound does. You don't really... You don't notice. You just don't notice. Right. Well, you know, that's why it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It can get into your subconscious. It can Without, sneak past the guard right. tower. The blockades that just come sneaking just in. just get in there. That's why yep. the sound is everything. Sound is everything. So I, I don't know about these. I don't know. So is there more? Like, what's the evidence? Do you have any more? Like, these aren't well, actual just, bowling sounds in his mansion. We do, we'll just have to get Specs on here for the next episode, I guess. All right. Or or come to, to elaborate. All right. But I did want to give Specs a shout out. Sure. I'm always up for a Specs shout out. A Specs out. Spaxing it out. Specs out. Specs. 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 Because he's the Specs man. Yeah, the Specs man. I'm the Specs man. Savior of the universe. Specs. <laughs> well, my daughter, Jules, you might know her, is really into Queen, so she's like, Daddy, do you like the song Flash? Because <laughs> <laughs> I bought her the greatest hits of Queen, because they're now her favorite band. and uh, Which contained Flash? Yes. One of their greatest hits. Okay, Apparently. I just want to be clear. They, well, um, I don't know who decides this shit. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Not really, man. <laughs> Not really. Me either. <laughs> Good. You're at least a discerning Queen fan. Right. Was there a Highlander theme on there also? No, no, there was not. There's an omission. So they went with the Flash theme, but not the Highlander theme. No Highlander theme, and also no Iron Eagle theme. Just kind of a bummer. I don't even know their Iron Eagle theme, so... One Vision. You know, it's like Louis Gossett Jr. and the other douchebag are flying to 
take out some bad baddies and their planes and they're falling behind. They got to make up some time. You know, they got to fly faster to get there. It's like, here, I got something. And he puts his cassette tape in his little cassette Walkman and he puts in Queen's One Vision. Now, was that actually created for the movie? I believe so. I so believe so. So, how did Queen become, like, because I don't know, how did Queen go from. Yes. I don't know. They, I want to say, respected art rock powerhouse to like making songs for any B movie that came along that felt they could use a Queen song. Okay. I, what I will say is, One Vision is probably the best part of that movie. It's a really good song. Sure. I, I haven't it. heard it, but I won't pass any judgment on no, it. No, it's good. It's a really good song. So, I mean, I think that's their livelihood. That's how they make money. You know, if somebody commissioned us to, like, do a podcast intro for some B-movie and we're going to pay us money, I'd fucking do it. Sure, I would do it, but I'm not queen. I mean, if you went to Sticks and said, hey... I got this idea for this concept about these robots and this sensor guy selling fried chicken. They'd be like, hell no. Did you just say sensor guy selling fried chicken? <laughs> that is what I said. That's how you, that's what it all boils down to for Dr. you. Dr. Righteous. So Dr. I got Righteous so Dr. Fried Righteous. Chicken. Yeah. He's out there. He's a son of a bitch, that guy. He hates he, rock he, and roll music. He framed... He framed those poor bastards. Yeah, he hates rock and roll music. Robert Orrin Charles Kilroy. He framed him. This is apparently a scheme to sell more of his fried chicken. He like he runs a fried chicken chain. What's like some, one of his many enterprises? Version of KFC. Like, what was the reference there? Is that just something lost to the ages? Like, was Colonel Sanders really against? I think you're looking too Rock much into music. the fried chicken. I think it's more like just capitalism in general. And like, you know, let's concentrate on eating fatty foods, you know, like Wally, right. like, and then we're just a bunch of lard asses lumping okay. around. It's like, and he's just capitalizing on that literally. That's so all I took from so it. So he's really. kind of like forcing the morality. But see, if he was all about capitalism, wouldn't he also want to sell all these uh, shiny CDs? Or cassette tapes or LPs or whatever they would be. I think that... Despite whatever morality or lyrics might be present there. Yes, but that breeds revolution, Brad. Which would upset the balance. You don't want to do that. I see. It's one of these political economy of communication deals. Thank you. Got it. Now it all starts to make (laughs) sense. And Robert Oren Charles Kilroy was the ringleader of a potential revolution. So he had to try to squash him. But as you know, as well as I do, the more he tightened his grip, the more Robert Oren Charles Kilroy slipped through his fingers. Robert Oren Charles Kilroy. Yeah, now you get it. His initials. Rock, baby. (laughs) They were trying to kill Rock. They couldn't do it. Couldn't fucking do it. But but no, but Siri, okay. So but yeah, but Styx wouldn't be doing and 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 Queen, I think, has way more cred than Styx. Maybe I'm just wrong on that. No, Queen has way more cred than Styx. Brian May is a fucking rocket scientist now. I don't know if that gives you 
artistic cred, though. It's well, cool as shit. I mean, I think it it paints him as a well-rounded individual, and well, any artist worth their salt is well-rounded. That's you can't true. just be all single-dimensioned here. That's true. Fuck, we should just go listen to some sticks and come back and try this again. Probably. I think we Get should. Get fired up. Okay, well, well, you should listen to One Vision because it makes your planes fly faster. Yes. You know, that really worked when I was a kid, though. Well, it gets you hyped up. It was up. like, oh, we got to go faster. Okay, let's hit the music. It, it's like hitting the turbos. Oh, the turbos. my name is Dan. Dan, my name is Dan Dan. He would hit the turbos, you know? Hit the turbos. It just it's, makes you, it, you're firing on all cylinders. Your nerve endings are tingling. So like any little thing you can do to increase effectiveness, you're going to do it. Right. You're just pumped. And it extends from you to your mechanical exoskeleton, whether that I, be your plane, your car, your motorcycle, your microphone, your, tank, your laptop. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's like I'm here. I'm exporting video. And I'm like, all right. 32 minutes? Fuck no. Yeah. Play some Queen. One vision. Then you just watch that little status bar go. Yeah. Shave off like 20%. And Louis Gossett Jr. really liked it, too. Yeah, at first he was like, ah, what are you doing? This is kind of baloney. in your rock and roll music. Right. These are fighter planes. This is serious business. Well, not playing a silly little rock song. It's going to help it. But then it did. They made up some time. You know what's weird about Iron Eagle 2? Tell me. Because I really liked Iron Eagle 1. Maybe mostly because Queen was featured in it. Uh, and it didn't have the um, lubed up volleyball scenes of Top Gun. But Iron Eagle 2, so the main guy, I mean, Louis Gossett Jr., sure, but then there's like, you know, the young buck kid who maybe his dad was a pilot too or something, but he was had no business up in these fighter jets. But of course they go and kick all the asses and save the day, whatever. Iron Eagle 2 starts out, and I swear, I'm not looking any of this up, so I my you know Your memory version is probably way better than the truth, so go. Probably. So Iron Eagle 2, I was pretty excited for. I mean, even then, I recognize it's not the best movie, but I love it. Anyway, they're shooting guns and planes and blowing shit up, so fine. Iron Eagle 2 starts out, and that same kid, the same guy, the same actor, same character, is in it for, like, the first five minutes and then gets blown up, and then he's just dead. It was so, okay. And then the rest of the movie is just not with him. (laughs) But, like, they got him for five minutes. Why bother? Well, it's like they wanted to tie it together. He couldn't commit to doing the whole thing. He's like, I'll come in for one day. What else was he doing? He didn't have anything better going on. Well, you never know. Maybe he thought he did. It was a it was a bad move. Maybe it was a good move, right? He didn't want... He just didn't want to do any more of these, uh, you know, plane flicks. He's like, I'm a serious actor. He's going to get typecast. Exactly. Yeah, but he still you know, maybe did it. It worked out for him. Well, he still had to eat. Who knows? Maybe he managed to like get half his salary for doing one day of shooting, just because they needed him so bad to like create that bridge. It's good economics from Jake, one movie to the next. 
Doug Masters was the character's name. Jason Gedrick. Oh, he's a handsome devil. Look at him. Let's see what he did after... Let's see if, in fact, he was in Iron Eagle 2. Boy, that didn't take us long to get to Google and shit. No. Okay, boy, he's got a long list of film credits, though. Yes, Iron Eagle 2. Uncredited. He was in it for so little time that he was uncredited. Maybe they even just used, like, stock footage of him from the first movie. You know, it's fucking they possible. They just showed him in the, like, cockpit or something, and this mouth voiceover to different voice. Could be. He was in uh, Born on the Fourth of July, Backdraft. Uh, Dexter? Yeah, not bad. Okay. He did pretty so, good. Know, the last for, it Don. worked for him. All right. Oh, Tim Thomerson was an Iron Eagle. Who the hell is Tim Thomerson? If you look at him, you'll know him. He's in just about everything from the 80s and 90s. Tim Tom, he Well, he must be way down there. He was in the original Iron Eagle? Yeah, the original. Sorry, I was looking at the original Iron Eagle. Tim Thomas. Oh, Colonel. Oh, Colonel Ted. That's his dad. It's Doug Masters' dad. I don't recognize this man. We had such different childhoods. What? I mean, what movie would you have seen with Tim Thomerson in it? He, uh, everything. <laughs> everything? Was he in Angel Heart? The Godfather? Was he Not in the, Godfather, uh, the Goonies? Was he in uh, the Explorers? Probably. What? So Private Benjamin? That's was your childhood. Uncommon Valor, Hill Street Blues. You were really into that. Hardcastle and McCormick. Twilight he in, Zone. He was in the Flash, Dollman, Nemesis, Trancers, Dollman versus the Demonic uh, Demonic Toys, Iron Eagle, Zone Troopers, War Wolves, Trancers Three. Aren't these mostly Who's 90s movies? Yeah, I guess you're right. They're like early 90s. Some of them were in the 80s, like Trancers. You know what else is funny about Iron Eagle, Brad? What? It came out in 1986. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Blue Velvet come out in 1986? Yes, it did. Well, yeah, 1986. So, so the Top Gun. Really, same. So this is one of those twofers. It's not really a twofer, though. What do you mean? Iron Eagle and Top Gun, not a twofer? Two fighter jet movies in the same year? That's a twofer. But Iron Eagle, did Iron Eagle even come out in the theater? Or was it just like one of these almost? It was it, like the Iron Eagle to me seems like a. Dude, it had Lewis Gossett. Nate, no, it had Lewis Gossett Jr. in it. Even in the mid-80s, Louis Gossett Jr. was more of a video guy. Brad, sometimes you... I mean, he's riding the hot hand of Jaws Iron 3D. Came, came out before Top Gun. But same year. Same year, which I was expecting it to maybe not, not do that. You know, the third dimension is terror, by the way. If you were wondering what the D in Jaws 3D stood for. Ah. Uh, but anyway, Blue Velvet, 1986, along with Iron Eagle and Top Gun. But I didn't see Blue Velvet until 1995. Okay. I also saw Reservoir Dogs for the first time in 1995. Also, in 1997... Evander Holyfield fought Mike Tyson. 
It was billed as The Sound and the Fury. Okay. Was uh, infamously referred to later as The Bite Fight, where Tyson bit part of his ear off. Remember that? Right, right, yeah. So that's the bullshit. What's your problem? And then in 1998, you have The Big Lebowski. So this was a strangely e- eerie <laughs> cinematic epoch for me from 1995 to 1998. And it was kind of like, is every movie going to be about like porn somehow? Remember there was that. But then all of a sudden it's like, is every movie going to feature like dismembered ears? Ears. Because blue velvet, it starts and it's like, yes, that's a human ear. All right. There's the clock and brings him the ear uh, paper bag in a paper bag. There's like an ant crawling around on it. Uh, fucking Reservoir Dogs. What's his nuts? Michael Madsen, like, cuts off, tortures the cop and cuts his ear off and is holding it in his hand and talking into it. Hey, hey, can you hear me? And then, uh, you know, Evander Holyfield wants to get in on, or Mike Tyson wants to get on the action and bites Evander Holyfield's ear off. Then you got Lebowski. And Walter bites this Once guy's he gets ear to off. Episode one oh, minute one oh four. Fucking bites he his ear bites off. Bites his ear off. So it's like within three years, I had four separate, like ear dismemberment situations happening. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with mm-hmm. all these ears being torn off? I, 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 I don't have any other insight. It's just that there was a lot of ears going on. It was a very eerie time. Yeah. So did you know that the United States Air Force... I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on this. We should watch the Iron Eagle. I'm sorry, it's not the the Superman, I know. The United States Air Force has a long-standing policy about not cooperating on any film involving the theft of an aircraft. I did not know that. So consequently, the filmmakers of Iron Eagle turned to the Israeli Air Force for the necessary aerial sequences. That... They know it's fiction, right? I guess they don't want to give anyone any ideas. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea is already there. Somebody wrote the script. Right. Do you know the film's working title was Junior Eagle? I like Iron Eagle better. Iron Eagle is a little better than Junior Eagle. Hey, yeah. let's go watch Junior Eagle. <laughs> Put your training pants on. Yes. My little Junior Eagle. I wonder if Jaws 3D had a lower rating than Jaws 4, The Revenge. No, it did not. Jaws, The Revenge is actually rated lower. Holy shit. And it had fucking Michael Caine in it. 2.8 on IMDb, Brad. 2.8. I feel like we've already done we've, all of this. We've definitely gotten close to the Jaws, right? <laughs> Iron Eagle. Wow. Iron Eagle was followed by three sequels. Iron Eagle 2, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, and Iron Eagle on the Attack, with Gossett being the only actor to have appeared in all four films. So there you go. You're going to tell me Iron Eagle 4. Yeah. Even though it has Gossett in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Iron Eagle 4 was a direct-to-video. Yeah, by that time. That's 1990. But they still have Gossett in it. It's 95, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, so, Louis Gossett Jr. 
He was in. Was it called Digstown? Did you ever see that flick, Digstown? I'm familiar with it as a concept. That's a pretty good movie, and that was '92. So he wasn't. He's not a total waste. James Woods, Lewis Gossett Jr., Bruce Dern. Pretty cool movie. Except I'm looking at it on IMDb. Well, what year was that, though? 92. That's hmm. like his comeback, maybe. But I'm looking okay. at it, and the image of it says Midnight Sting. It says Digstown. But then the cover of the DVD says Midnight Sting. Okay. It's just one of those epic ones where he's got to fight all these people, like so many fights and so little time or something. And he's this right. kind of old boxer. I just love that kind of shit. Good movie. I recommend it. Not jokingly or ironically. Decent movie. All right. I'll add it to my list. I'm a bit of a sucker for James Woods, though. Oh, yeah. James Woods is great. Oh, man. One Cats, vision. Cat's Eye. Yeah. 52 Pickup. Know what I'm saying? Uh, any given Sunday. So apparently Ace's Iron Eagle 3, from what I can gather, is somehow set with, with like these World War II aircraft that do like exhibition, like air shows. But the old World War II pilots need to like band together for one last mission in their old World War II planes to like save the day one last time. I think I saw some it kind of like, like they're like stretching the concept. Yeah, I think I made it part of the way through Iron Eagle 3 and once I saw the concept for Iron Eagle 4, I was like, well, I I guess I'm done with that franchise. Yeah. But I, honestly, is it any worse than the Transformers franchise, really? Um, only from production value standpoint. Yeah. Right. No, you're right about. Aren't that. they equally dumb? End of the day, I would even go so far to say the Transformers is dumber. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Like the Transformers can't even be dumber. What do you mean? Like they've tried intentionally, I think, to make that as dumb as possible. We all recap. We all rehash this another episode, but. Yeah. It's picking up pieces of metal and dropping it. It's just not good. <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's picking up pieces of metal. You've traveled <laughs> through space and time to come and pick up pieces of metal and drop them. Yes. <laughs> That's the best you can do. Firebirds. What do you think of that? What's Firebirds? I like it Firebirds, already. Firebirds. Again, I'm not completely <laughs> familiar with it. It seems it always seemed to me like a kind of uh oh, Nicky Cage is in it. Yeah, it has Nick Cage. It's kind of like to me it seems like the idea was let's do Top Gun but with helicopters. Oh yeah. That was like the idea. Airwolf, Blue Thunder. Yeah, but this is more but again Blue Thunder and Airwolf. Airwolf was different. Airwolf was more like Knight Rider, but with a helicopter. Right. Well, Blue Thunder was. Well, I guess that was more like Blue a Blue Thunder cop was helicopter. different. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Thunder. I I never saw Blue Thunder, but I always got the impression that it was more kind of like a, like more like a intrigue. Yeah, maybe suspense type thing. Like, oh, but, there's this like scary helicopter out there, and you never know when it's gonna. Yeah. Roy Scheider's in it. 
Yeah, right. It's the Roy Scheider. It's like it's like Jaws, but with a helicopter, helicopter. instead of a shark. <laughs> that's actually what I think that movie is. I've never seen it, but that's what I. That's my impression of what that mo- movie is. I don't know if that's accurate. I think it might be pretty accurate. That movie figured fairly heavily in my childhood, though. Blue Thunder, because I think it's rated R. Yeah, came out in '83, so I wasn't allowed to watch it. It's like, well, we're going to be down here because we had like the rec room down the basement. We're going to be down here watching Blue Thunder. So you got to go upstairs. Fuck. I remember sitting at the top of the stairs, like listening. It's like, but it's about a fucking helicopter. Isn't it like Airwolf? Is Airwolf even around at the time? I don't know, but it seemed awesome. And I was pissed that I couldn't. Airwolf came out the year later, but I think we rented Blue Thunder or they rented Blue Thunder in like 84 or 85. I'm like, are you shitting me? I can't watch the movie about the kick-ass helicopter. That's all I'm about. Kick-ass cars, kick-ass helicopters, kick-ass B.A. Baracuses. So I just had to kind of listen to it. Yeah, the whole listening to the R movie from the other room. I know that drill. Yeah. Then I couldn't watch, um, uh, I think it was broadcast news. I always get that network confused, even though they're very different things. Right. It's like, you know what? I don't give a shit about your broadcast news anyway. I want to watch that. I'm going upstairs. I'll still listen for a little while just because, but I don't really care. You want to you get see if you can get a little taste of any forbidden fruit there. Right. Just a tiny taste. A little auditory snippet. Yeah. Just a little hit. So you're not familiar with Firebirds, then? No, no, I not didn't. Not that I'm too familiar with it myself. It was just I mean, one of those things, like Firebirds and Iron Eagle. Just one of those things, like, there was just always on, like, Saturday on WPIX, like, oh, Iron Eagle, followed by Firebirds. Well, Iron Eagle gets a better rating on IMDb than Firebirds. Yeah, I see here Firebirds has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty harsh. 4.6 on IMDb. The cover looks more serious, though, than Iron Eagle. I'll give him that much. Then there's Thunderbirds. Kind of mix Blue Thunder, Firebirds together. You get Thunderbirds. Yet somehow they turn into puppets. It makes no sense. Oh, puppets? puppets. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to look at that. <laughs> oh, God. So we have another shout-out to do. Yeah, okay. Let's do that now. We're really going to do that now? 40 minutes in. Why as well? Why as well? Wait, am I'm I supposed to do it? I'm going to let you take this one, though. Well, I don't know what... Unless oh. you don't want to do it. Wait, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? This is our uh, friend from... Is this our friend the, on the other side of the world? On the other side of the world, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Granted, lots of our friends are in far-flung places now, but... Yes. Yeah. Um, fuck. I don't have it queued up here. Uh, Shit. I could just wing it. Well, I didn't know if there's anything to really queue up. Nothing to queue up. Uh, just go- to... Gomyo. Gomyo? Gomyo. Gomyo, right? That's not what I would say. Gomyo. That's what I would say. Gomyo. Um, see, I don't know if we should do this now, Brad. Because I think there's a special... There's a special moment that... Do we do this special moment now? Or... Should we save this till the end? This is what we get for not having a staff meeting before this. I have no God. fucking clue what you're talking about. Okay, there's a auditory 
bonus that Gomio sent us that I feel compelled to play here. Right. But I don't want to do that now. Do we do it now? Shouldn't we have that take us out? Oh, God. Just do it now. We're just going to do it now? Just do it now. This is not. Fuck it. This is numb. There's no rules. Exactly. Just do it now. All right. Roll it. I got 3815. I'm going to put that in there. So then we're going to have. <laughs> and then we're going to roll the minute here at some point, too. We probably. Yeah. We probably should have given it a little more of an intro. But. Well, do you want to give the intro? Do you want to. We could still give an intro now. We can you know? still. Even it's though this is live. Like we've cut. We can still just keep all this in and keep going. It's not live. It's not live. So let's do an intro a little right. bit, I think. So yeah. Gomio sent this. So who is Gomio? He's a rapper. Hip hop artist. Hip hop uh, he's a hip hop artist from Japan who's also a uh he works in a Buddhist temple. He's maybe a Buddhist monk. He's a, a trainer of Buddhist monks. He's a trainer of Buddhist monks. I think my favorite thing about Gomyo is that as part of the ordination for any incoming monk candidates, they must have seen the Big Lebowski at least once. And if they haven't, then they sit down together and watch it together so that they will get all the references. Right, because he speaks in Lebowski's. Because he is fluent in Lebowski's. So you won't be able to follow what he's saying half the time. Right. So, Gomyo is a member of the hip-hop band Hoodie Monks. Hoodie Monks, right. Hoodie Monks. And they have a track that is, um, well, I guess all of the lyrics technically are in uh, Lebowski's to some degree, they had to take a little creative license here and there for rhyming purposes and what have you. And they had the guest uh, rapper, the guest Japanese rapper Amoeba on, who I don't think is fluent in Lebowski's. So Gomio instructed him to kind of riff on the theme of take it easy. So we're not right. sure what Amoeba's saying all the time, but it's it's iterations and, and riffages on the theme of taking it easy. I think it's so, great. And that's the name of the track. It's awesome. It's really, really awesome. It's called Take It Easy, right? Take It Easy. Take It Easy, man. It's called. Take It Easy, man. So here it is. It's, here it's, we go. It's, here we go. Enjoy this. It's a Lebowski-themed uh, musical number. It's a little break from our regular format, but I think you'll all enjoy it. So let's roll it now, for real. Okay. Come to light, and you know 
Is it ever occurred to you instead of blaming me, it's more complex than get through? I mean, it's not just, might just not be. Just such a simple, you know, are you with me? I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. She kidnapped herself without a doubt. So that's incredible. It's awesome. That is. I definitely feel like taking it easy after listening to that song. Me too. Me too. Um, you can notice the little areas where, you know, he took a little liberty, which is fine. You know, he's taking it easy. But I think it's got a great groove. Um, it's just amazing that people are out there. Taking her easy for us sinners, Brad. Us sinners right. who go to the grind every day and do not heed the dude's advice. Nope. And, you know, you're out there. Once you take it easy, that just opens up so many creative possibilities, I think. Does it? Like well, you what? Can start, well, you can start making these uh, rap songs about the Big Lebowski. True. True. I did take it easy for a little bit today, and I updated the... Um, 
uh, illustration of the dude's apartment that I did. Oh, oh, yeah? I don't know if you checked that out or not. I posted it on the Facebook page. I didn't. I didn't. How do you get to the Facebook page? Um, I don't know. I just log in and then it's there. Oh, it's Facebook. <laughs> well, I would say <laughs> it's Facebook.com slash guttercast. Yes. There. That's it. So if you'd like to check us out on Facebook. I knew what you were doing. I just didn't want to play ball too easily. See what we're talking about. See the images. Give us a like. Or not. You know, that's also cool. Or too. not. But, you know, there's stuff there. But, yeah, if you if you scroll down, this was on May 28th. I posted the original. And uh, I guess while we're doing shout outs, Oka. I'm going to say his name's Oka. You know, I did the original sketch out of the geography of the dude's abode here. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, that's cool, except maybe the kitchen is too big. And, well, actually, I can just read what he said, I guess. Well, we never, you know, claimed that it was to scale, man. Right. He he said, uh, looks spot on. Only thing I would say is the kitchen looks a bit big in proportion to the rest of the house. And perhaps the addition of the window behind the dude's bed and the Nixon poster at the bar would spice it up a little. <laughs> so I spiced it up a little. I made the kitchen smaller, moved everything over, put the Nixon poster in and the two windows. It's really just a line art from above. But I think right. this nails the layout pretty well. Yes, I would say so. Although uh, the rug is way bigger than his bed. Does he think that's in proportion? No, it's not. Oh, you're looking at the original. You got to scroll down. I put it in the comments. There's the updated version. Oh, I am looking at the wrong one. Sorry. I, I see that. Yes. In the original, the rug was bigger than the bed. There. I, oh, yeah, you're right. This is uh, much more to scale, probably. Yeah, that looks about... I mean, I didn't put a lot in the kitchen because we never really see in there too yeah, much. Yeah, we don't know. That's No, I think that's that's accurate, right? That's a That's a blank area it's just a black box yeah nixon poster yep there it all is there it all is man it's a it's a singularity in there you know we can't get the uh quantum data out of there you have to send tars in brad send in tars send in the tars release the tars the tesseract will fold in on itself spit us out by Saturn somewhere. Right. Although originally that didn't happen. I, I I read. What do you mean? In the original... I'm not sure now. They were kind of implying that it was in the original cut of the film, but I think they really just meant it was in the original script. What is original? That he... That Coop does not come out of there. He more or less it just closes on itself, and that's the end of him. That makes more sense. That makes a little more sense, yeah. He's in a black fucking hole. You, you don't know? get out of that shit. You don't get out of that shit. Nope. The only way you're coming out of that is like one half of a matter-antimatter pair, and, you know, that ain't you anymore anyway. So, fuck it. Um, Do we have more shout-outs? No. Okay. Um... Fuck the shout-outs. I mean, Cliff's been commenting on the website a lot, so thanks, Cliff. Try to respond whenever I can. Uh, but, he, you know, he's he's catching up, so he's 
back in the early episodes. And frankly, I don't know what the fuck we were talking about back then. I can't remember two episodes ago, let alone a hundred episodes ago. I do my best. Cliff, sorry. Fucking amateurs. So if we're done with shout outs, do you want to play the minute, Brad? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It's better than listening to us talk. For sure. Fuck. Save us. Go. Come and get it. We fucked you up. Show me what you got. Nihilist. I fuck you! Walter, come on, he's got a sword thing, man. Shit with a nine-toed woman. I fuck you! Fuck you! I 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 There's a man down. It's not a good ending to this minute. We'll get yeah. to that more in the next minute, but it starts here. Just it's not good. It's no, not it's, happy. I'm not, not looking good. forward to having to address this. Uh, hello? Hello. No, I don't. Yeah. I, I'm just totally somber. I don't. Thankfully, we don't have to experience the fullest effect of the anesthetic cotton in this minute. Um, we just get the initial reaction, but we don't, um, we don't really know. Right. We know what's coming, but I mean, we know, but as a first time viewer, you don't. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying we know Brad and Adam knows the listeners. Brad, most of them know the listener. know. Zorak know it. You know it. I know it. Space Ghost know it. So how about this fight scene? <laughs> the most inept fight scene. Well, besides Walter, obviously. Right. So Walter's, well, it's curious, right? So the, I, a couple things. So, okay. So let's just Many recap. things. I mean, Jesus. Walter he's throws not, a bowling ball at Flea. He's not taking a shit. Him. Well, I think, and I examine this he throws his whole bowling ball bag at Flea. Right, including yeah, the whole the ball in the bag. Yeah, he right. throws that at Flea. Quick recap of everything. Throws that at Flea. Incapacitates him. Hits him right in the, the sternum, right in the xiphoid process. Right. The Carl Hungus guy charges Walter, which Walter then bites his ear off. Well, he, then, he charges Walter, but he's got a huge sword. He doesn't even use it, really. He just kind of... That's the part that gets to me a little bit. (laughs) Runs into him and drops his sword. Yeah. It's a bit odd. Do you want to go through it all, and then we'll we'll swing back and go bit by bit here? I'm not sure why I started that way, but yeah. And then we have the tall nihilist going, I fuck you, I fuck you. The dude's just trying to have him $4. Like, dude, just take the $4 and leave me alone. $4, right. Right. 
But but eventually, Walter incapacitates him with a toolbox. Right. While the tall one, who curiously did not bring his cricket bat, instead brought a small boombox, not an effective choice of weaponry. What kind of a guy brings a boombox to a knife fight? Was that what Walter hit him with, his boombox? Yeah. No, he had the boombox in his hand. No. No, he takes the boombox. Look at it again. The tall guy... We don't see him, but he puts the boombox down because he's using his excellent karate chops and kicks. So Walter picks up the boombox, whacks him on the face, and then in the back of the head or in the back and takes him out. His second blow, you don't see it. You just see him like... But, I mean, hitting someone in the skull with a boombox... It hurts. From that height, like, that's... Like, if they wanted to play this differently, like, if this was a Lynch movie, you could get into, like, cracking bone and... Yeah. Deformed face, blood, all sorts of stuff could happen there. The corner of a coffee table, like, impaled into the front of a forehead. Yeah. Where the fuck did that happen? Lost Highway. That was Lost Highway. Right? Yeah, remember the documentary and Lynch is in there with the editor or the sound designer. He's like, I would just like a few more of those those skull cracks to come through. <laughs> Because it's like, he just wants like, like the skull slowly like cracking apart. Right. I just want a couple more of those to pop through. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, David. Uh, So, yeah. So rather violent in a way, although they don't really play it up for the violence. But again. You don't know if it's going to all of a sudden turn that way because their previous movie was Fargo, which did turn very, very awful. Yeah, true. Like gory and terrible. Like he's sending Donnie through a wood chipper, you know, and you see his Mm -hmm. foot sticking up and there's just this huge spray of blood and human pieces. So, you know, you kind of kept waiting for it to be terrible. But they just didn't play it that way. No, they didn't. And I think, I mean, okay, and then Walter takes out the third guy. He takes out all three of the nihilists. Right. And then, oh, we got a man down. There's another nice whip pan. Which I don't know if you noticed that. You know, I don't think I internalized that. They uh, they whip pan. pan. Walter says, we got a man down, dude. And they whip pan away from him. But they don't follow it up with... Like a dolly in to Donnie, they just cut. They whip pan and cut to the dude who looks over. And then they cut to a shot where they dolly in on Donnie really quickly. So another whip pan, but they treated it a little differently this time. So if I, if you're Walter and you have this bowling bat ball in a bag, you have like one shot, right? Yep. That's your one weapon, like your one ranged attack. Yep. Wouldn't you use it on the guy with the sword? No, because Flea has a fucking machine gun. Oh, he does? Yes. Of course, who knows if it's loaded, because he never fucking uses it, you know? But yeah, he's got his hand inside his jacket, you know, while they're having their showdown, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's on, and wham, he pulls out a machine gun. Oh, dude. He shot Donnie? So Walter wisely is like, okay, take out the guy with the gun first. 
But you got right, a guy with a machine gun, a guy with a sword, and a guy with a boombox. We see, and he takes them out in the appropriate succession. Yeah, no, I got you. It makes sense. That does make the tactical sense. I somehow missed his machine gun. Well, it's he doesn't have it out the whole time. It's just right. very quick, and then he's got it. And then when he's like... Well, yeah, he does have it. His hand gets, is in there. Yep. Once it gets smashed in the chest, then you kind of see it on the ground behind him. Well, they do the scene where he pulls out the sword... And and Flea kind of starts to pull out. Like, you, you don't really see it. No. It cuts back to Walter. But then when it cuts back, Flea does have a machine gun in his hand. But, like, I don't know. I just never really noticed it for whatever reason. I was too busy looking at the guy's sword. Right, because you hear the sound of it, and it's, like, flailing around. Like, it's more dramatic. The, the right. sword reveal is way more dramatic. So I, I don't think that machine gun's loaded, really. Right. And you see, like, he instantly just drops it as soon as he gets hit with the ball. Right. And then you do see it, yeah, it is on the ground there. Now, I used to have, like, this little five-inch long samurai sword. My aunt lived in Japan for years and years, and she would so bring So you went me... into a bar and pulled out a tiny <laughs> piano and a five-inch samurai sword? No, I wouldn't do something like that. But she would always bring me these... Like Japanese centric souvenirs, I guess. Mm-hmm. I got a backpack. I had the backpack forever. I don't know if that's Japanese centric. Are they a backpack culture? I don't know. But anyway, just a had- backpack, like a regular, like brown, black backpack. No, it was black. Yeah, black. Jansport, um, maybe. Wasn't Jansport? I'm pretty sure I have my name on it too. Like she got it mm-hmm. customized with my name. Use that thing forever. In fact, when I got it probably in like fifth grade or something, fourth grade, and I was still using it when you knew me. That's cool, man. So I had it forever. But yeah, she got me this little like souvenir samurai sword with like a scabbard and it had little tassels hanging off of it and like you could pull it out and it was metal, right? But I think it was supposed to be a letter opener. But we had a grinder up in one of the garages, and I always, I always uh, fascinated about going up there and grinding a nice edge onto that thing, so I could like carry it around in my pocket and whip out my five-inch-long samurai sword. I kind of have the feeling that Peter Stormare's character's sword isn't that sharp. It might just be a, a show sword. It's like a yeah, a show, like, sword. You could still hurt somebody with it, but it's not like you're gonna. He's gonna. It's gonna be like, and then like Walter just peels apart in two pieces, right? On like a diagonal, and the top half right. kind of slides off. Right. It yeah, just it's won't not happen. Be one of those moves. I think you could cut him a little bit, and I think he does cut him, and I think that's why Walter in the next minute says, "I'm pumping blood," because he kind of he forgets about the sword when he charges Walter, but I think it. We don't really see this, and I think it's a little faulty filmmaking. It might be their worst filmmaking of this movie, but I think he, like, slices open his calf area a little bit. Hmm. I think that at least that was the intent. You see a quick shot down by the legs where he drops the sword. Right. And I think the intent, maybe they just didn't get it, or maybe they decided they didn't care, but he, he slices him a little bit. Or, like, jabs him with the point a little bit. 
and like you know yeah maybe he jabs him with the dull point right and it kind it's of unable to really like pierce him because it's just a toy sword in essence i mean that could be but it's still like it cuts open not cuts but like impales a little bit and maybe he's bleeding a little bit maybe i don't think he gets cut at all personally so you think because somebody else said this and I'm sorry, I forget who it was. This was, yeah, this was a shout-out that we're going to leave for next week. Um, okay, we'll leave it for next week. When Just because he talks about the pump and blood question. Yeah, we'll leave the pump and blood issue for next week, what that might mean, even though we right. kind of touched on it here. We'll have to revisit because it, it ties back to the, um, the ineptitude of the nihilist's attack. The guy with the gun never even fires the gun. The guy with the sword drops it immediately and just charges into Walter with his body. And then the guy who up until this point had the most effective weapon, the cricket bat didn't even bring the cricket back. He's got a boom box, which he puts down and doesn't even use anyway. And then gets taken out with his own weapon. We just talked about how, you know, you need the music to kind of take you that extra step. Right. They're right. like we don't, they're like, we don't know how to fight anybody. We've never fought or used the weapon ever. And he's like, don't worry, I'll play the music. We'll play Autobahn. We'll play our music and it will just push us. We'll just go for it. Right. We'll go 20 to 25% more. More than our our 10% fighting skills. (laughs) Right. Which would be like 12.5%. Exactly. We're going to go all the way to (laughs) 12.5% on this one, guys. Which, granted... If they have 10% finding skills, the dude probably has about one. Yeah. About 0.5. But Walter, I'm going to have to say, he has about 75%. Yeah, I was going up into the 60 to 70% easily. You can see him getting, like, into the zone, too. Right. Like, he is settling in. His head goes down. He's hyper-focused. You can almost see, like, the Terminator heads-up display. Guy with gun first. Guy with sword next. Douchebag with boombox whenever I get to it. Mm -hmm. Take the $4, man. I'm going to hit you with my bowling ball, the dude says. (laughs) He saw Walter do it, and he's like, that was a good idea. Right. I'm going to hit you with my bowling ball. (laughs) When, so when... I think we've recapped the minute enough. Yeah. Okay. When when Walter, like he spends a lot of time with that man's ear in his mouth. We keep going. I feel like we keep cutting back to him and he's just there like, right. Like Thurston. Well, it a, would take a lot. There's one of those things you see in movies a lot that I usually complain about. I mean, it depends. Sometimes I'll go with it or if the movie's already like absurd, I'll go with it. Like, an absurd even in a good way, right? Like Fast and the Furious or Crank or something like that. I'll just go with whatever. Sure. If it's going to be, like, something that's maybe a little more serious and it's like, oh, the person fell down the steps, they're dead now. Or... Or the person fell down the steps and they're not hurt at all. Right. Yeah. Or can work either way. But usually it's about, like, how easy it is to, like, kill someone. It's like, I'm going to hit this person over the head with a rock. They're dead now. Or you, or you put like your hands around be, them and you break their neck real quick. Yeah. At least the break the neck quick could kind of work in the sense that, okay, like that's a special 
Like, if you're a trained killer and that's the move and you can do this breakneck thing, I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah, is that a thing that can happen, the breakneck move? I don't know. Did you see the Key and Peele sketch still, on that? Every time I try to go back through the text feed. Well, it's and, not that one that I sent you. That's a oh, totally oh. different one. But there's another one they do called, like, Strike Eagle Delta 3 or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Which, in essence, is a parody of all this, like, you know. Oh, Steven Seagal shit. Yeah. Yes, I've and seen that one. That one's great. And they go through, yeah, and he just, like, breaks the neck of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but we were the, watching Rambo 3, which is apparently better than Rambo 2. We're watching that on vacation. But he was doing a lot of, like, I just hit you in the face, and now you're just either dead or just unconscious for right. an hour or two while I do whatever I have to do. Right. But, like, there's a lot of these movies where, um, yeah, you just hit someone in the head with a rock. Like, you can just kill them. But reality, you'd probably have to be standing over that person, hitting him in the head with that rock bam, for like bam, bam, 10 minutes. Right. You'd be exhausted. To like, and they're still not going to be dead. They're, they might just be like in a coma. Like to kill someone, I don't know. I could be wrong, right? But like to do that kind of damage or just the whole like, like again, David Lynch and his universe, it's fine. But in reality, you can't trip and impale yourself on the corner of a coffee table. No. And just no. be dead. Like, it doesn't work. But none of that movie took place in what we know as reality anyway, yeah, so, so it's I'm okay. Fine with that. Yeah. But when that, that kind of shit happens, let's say in a movie that's like more like real, or like, you know, that happens in an episode of, I don't know, House of Cards, or it happens in, you know. Uh, well, he wasn't dead, though. Well, yes. I wasn't going to go there. Okay. But yeah, no, you're right. It actually, that actually redeemed itself. Right. Cause I was a little the, like, eh. yeah, I was like, that can't really, I, again, uh-uh. I was okay with the development and the plot, mm-hmm. but I was kind of, again, it was one of those moments and and it's not the only, like, it's a common trope. I think it was just like, oh yeah, she hit him in the head with the rock and now he's dead. Right. It's kind of an easy out. Like you can't really just sit in the same thing here. I guess what I'm building up to saying, like ripping off this ear you that would take a tremendous amount of chewing and ripping and tearing and you gotta think like i mean it seems so, like walter got a pretty clean like break there but you gotta think other shit's gonna like come out with it like slither out once you get the ear like i don't know little pieces of bone and tendon like what else is gonna unless you get the ex of it perfectly right like i almost feel like walter would have to like move down the edge of the ear bit yeah like by bit. chew through it <laughs> like if you have like imagine like with a little set of like uh shears or something like moving down like yeah like trying like, to open up one of those uh like plastic shells yes. that things get wrapped in you buy at walmart oh it's a flash drive and it's like how do you right. even open this thing and you have to take like scissors or Without shears killing and yourself like, yeah, a little like uh, eighth of an inch at a time. Now, like that's the same thing. Walter's teeth are kind of like like going down an ear of corn. It's just going down this ear bit by bit. Yeah, or like taking tin snips. Like if you ever had to repair a gutter or something, you got tin cut. snips. Yeah, Perfect. Tin snips, and you got to cut. Yes. Through the aluminum or the tin, and yeah, a little bit at a time. And really, you know, Walter is not obeying, 
universal precautions for bloodborne pathogens here. No. What are you, a fucking park ranger? Well, I'm saying he's taking out these people, but I don't know. You want some hepatitis? I mean, he's a known pornographer. Like, I don't know. He's a known fucking pornographer. Right. You know? He's had sex with Bunny Lebowski. Not the dog, because that'd be illegal. And Asia Carrera, at least. And he's from Germany. So, there's three strikes. I'm not sure what pain from Germany has to do with it, but all right. Well, you know. Yeah. They're always starting shit. So I was talking to my pharmacist the other day. I'll just throw this out. Apparently there's a new drug that cures hepatitis C. Is that the one that is supposedly incurable? It was previously incurable. Now there's a pill that will cure you of it. What are the side effects? What's I'm happening to sure. my special purpose? Well, Elephantitis? I was talking to my pharmacist about... Uh, is this you a know, Cialis commercial all of a sudden? Are and we going to be like, sitting in bathtubs <laughs> next to each other holding hands in a field of lilies? <laughs> Only if we wanna. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I guess he was kind of... Uh, I'll do it if you want. This had just happened. He had just gotten... He was trying to fill a prescription for He'd just gotten hepatitis C, and he took this pill, and it cured him. Well, he ran the pill. Do you know how much the pill cost? $350. insurance? For one pill. (laughs) $110,000. Did they have them in stock? (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm going to guess no. Because why would you rob a bank? Why wouldn't you just go steal their hepatitis C right. curing pills and sell right. a couple? And according to this guy, you can only live with hepatitis C for about 15 years before it kills you. What? Oh, wait, that's not the fun hepatitis then. That's not like a like a cold sore. Yeah, I guess not. Oh, Jesus, I didn't realize it was that bad. Fuck. $110,000. That's what he said. I'm just relaying what he said, man. Now, why were you looking into pills for hepatitis C? Just out of I, curiosity. Well, I wasn't. Was it for a friend? <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, curious here. Okay, we all have curiosity. Maybe I have it wrong. It says here, medically manageable. Yeah, here it is. How the new, well, here's a story on it. How the new, this one says that it's $95,000. This, um, this well, story in Los Angeles Times says how the $95,000 hepatitis C drug is really a bargain. Are we splitting hairs here? Right. $95,110. I mean, he's got to make something off of it. He probably marks it up a little bit. But, uh, but yeah. So anyway, just well, interesting stuff out there, you know? We're in the wrong business, man. Well. So I'm, I'm still not sure. Are you saying that you disapprove of the way Walter gnaws this ear off? No, I was not? kind of, you were, you were commenting on how long he was gnawing at it. Yeah. And I was uh, kind of saying like, yes. So it's motivated. He needs to gnaw on that for a long time. Pretty much the longer he nods, the better. 
Yeah, I'll never yeah, yeah. fault him for gnawing too long. No. Like, in Neither reality, would I. I don't know if you could rip off an ear that easily with your teeth. I'm not sure. This is kind of like a, uh, we need to do our own, like, Lebowski Mythbusters. Yeah. We just need to find a volunteer really willing to have their ear nod off. We could get his girlfriend. She already gave up a fucking toe. Yeah. D- dip shit with a nine-toed woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Amy Mann wants to have her ear gnawed off, though. No. I mean, maybe we could try it on, like, a, a, a very recently dead body. Is that legal? I wonder well, if we you need could... to get a special permit. You could probably get a special permit, and, like, if they... Maybe we could start something where, you know, people donate their bodies to science. They could donate them to, you know, Lebowski-related <laughs> myth-busting scenarios as seen on gutter balls and they wouldn't get any money for it but, but they would know that they're uh they've contributed to furthering the body of lebowski myth busting knowledge i like the Sounds way you like put that i don't know if i we need some volunteers for that i think oh if i'm gonna be the one gnawing off a cadaver's ear I guess if you got it tested and it was it was still kind of fresh. Oh come on, you're taking the same risk Walter took, right? Yeah. You're living the movie at that point. Yeah. Walter's not real though. Yeah, very true. Uh, Are we real though? What is real? Oh shit, and also Gomeo sent us the Dom Herrera stand up that he found. Yes. There, where it's got that last little bit in it. Right. I guess that's... Are we in revisiting still? <laughs> I guess we're going back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wrote that down under revisit, although our revisits were so Ech, long and unprofessional. I thought we'd leave yep. that for the next time. But yeah. No, fuck it. Fuck it. it. We'll, we'll talk next time. We're gonna so, pl- we can even play a clip of Herrera. Let's play it. Let's play a little clip. No, play it next time. Oh, we're going to play it next time? Yeah, play it next time. All right. I didn't know what I was watching at first. I'm like, how did he know I grew up near Philly and that I would understand that sort of language? Yeah, I was in the same way. I was in the same, like, hey, what's this okay. going? It's kind of like uh, maybe he's kind of doing the same voice. So anyway. Anyway, we'll play next time. Do you have anything time. else for this minute? Um, yeah. Well, the other revisit was uh, shout out to Spax Bowling Sounds, but you had Walt's Brotherly Loved. Didn't we kind of cover that? Well, they kind of probably love Donnie, so, like he's a big brother. So this brother. was part of. I kind of just wrote this frantically as I was having a mouth horn session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, um, yeah, Spax was curious about because Walter is being so nice to Donnie, and there is another point where he's nice to Donnie. If you remember, he walks in. Way to go, right. Donnie! If you will it, it is no dream. Yeah, so there is a uh, a connection. Just there's a precedent for him being. Well, yeah, and he also says nice to Donnie. All right, Donnie, let's get us Elaine. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. That's more like the weird three way politics, though. Yeah, I'm just saying he wasn't being a total dick to him. No. No. But this is very like comforting and caring towards donnie the other times aren't care like this is right. very protective of him right 
So, so, well, where, I guess, I don't know. So, so where Spax was going here was the idea that, which didn't really pan out, I don't think, because we talked this through a little more, is, because I think uh, Spax had the idea that Way to Go Donnie might have been, like, in the the first scene in the movie, in the bowling alley. Right. In it which case, not. you can start to wonder, is Walter just really nice to Donnie all the time? It's just... Walter gets so angry and caught up in this dude's adventure that he can't deal with it and turns into a complete like dick to Donnie for the movie. But in reality, he's usually not a dick to Donnie. Yeah, I'm not buying that one. No, I'm not buying it because, again, it all hinges on where the way to go Donnie is placed in the movie. Right, which happens when he brings Thurston, which is not the first scene. Yes, it's about around minute like 17 or so, I want to say. Yeah. Nah, he's a dick to Donnie. Again, it's he can't handle the little shit. When it's a drastic situation, when the shit's hitting the fan, that's when Walter is at his best. You want him around. But the little shit builds up on him, and he just can't fucking take it. Um, I do have another couple things. We can just roll through them lightning round style. Lightning round, go. All right. We have a brief moment of audio placidity when Walter rips the ear off and he spits it up into the air, almost all the sound goes quiet, and you hear this. Right. Like a whistle, and we just see it going up into the night sky, twirling around, and then coming back down. You just hear in the background, Hey, dickhead! (laughs) (laughs) And then anti-Semite punches him in the face. Um, Also... There's a lot of noises when the Nihilists are getting taken out. Obviously, you have Flea gets hit in the chest, his ass is hanging out, and he's doing a lot of that crap. You have the um, placid audio moment with the ear for Uli, and then the tall one when Walter finally whacks him on the back of the head or the back of the neck or whatever and takes him out. There's a strand. It's right at... 14349 it sounds like buzzing bees he whacks him and he kind of sits there for a moment and then falls over and you hear like buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> it's one of these weird like weird man growls like when thurston just had some dude going like like thurston sounds were just a guy going ah, 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 or whatever it's one mm-hmm. of these weird moments where i don't know let's put this random sound in when he gets hit, I mean, here we'll punch it in so people can hear what we're talking yeah, let's about. Let's punch it in. So take it for what you will. Um, it's not one of those weird things. And then, right when Walter finally takes out the last nihilist after the buzzing bee sounds. What's the name of this Autobahn track that they're playing? Do you know? Do you remember? We Globen. We Globen. We Globen. We Globen. Right when he takes the last one out, there's a chord change where it goes... It goes lower. Which is kind of a little foreboding there, because it's just then that we realize that we got a man down. So it's a nicely timed chord change. And then I also just wanted to... 
point out that the dude says, hey, he's got a sword thingy. (laughs) 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 So maybe the dude is seeing something we're not seeing. Maybe he realizes it's not a real sword. Maybe it's a sword thingy. Right. And that's why it's completely ineffective. Ineffective. It does nothing. He'd probably be better off without it. He could have just went at him with both his hands. Right. Could have just like went for his neck or something. Yeah, or poked him in the eye. Instead, he's got this sword weighing him down. He just has to run with it, just only so he can drop it. <laughs> What's the etymology of to Bill Pistol? The etymology? I don't know if I know what the etymology is. I mean, I'm the origin of to Bill Pistol? Maybe just, yeah, how about the origin? I this, mean, is, this is not an Ev Schmimpson Everly Bimpkley. Yes, it totally is one of those. Is it? Yeah. He was also in the armed forces. He was a major <laughs> and then later became a, a sergeant. Wait, which one of those is higher ranking? Jesus. You say a major is a sergeant, still an enlisted type person, okay. right? Yeah, so he and went major from sergeant to officer. major at some point. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he did well for himself. Yeah, he did. Good good on him to build pistol. So he's in the military? He's apparently in the military. Was he a naval man? No, I think he's in the uh the army. Was in the army. Okay. The army. <laughs> it's so it's so leggy. So he wouldn't have been up there with Uli swashbuckling around with a sword thingy. No, definitely not on the poop deck. Next time on Gutter Balls. Call the medics, dude. I call myself, but I'm pumping blood. Might pass out.